You are listening to You've Got Five Options show, where every week Marta and Anna abandon their five children, two partners, and one cat to make a show especially for you. An artist, a challenge, a bullshit, a wisdom, and a surprise. Tune in and feel the magic of five. Hello, everyone. This is Marta. Gabriela. <laughs> Today it's just Marta. Today it's just Marta. This is Marta. Uh, this is Anna. And this is You've Got Five Options Show. Maybe we should have five names. Okay. What do you suggest? Well, I already have Marta and Gabriela and Aniela and then Rodriguez and Karpovich. <laughs> Done. And I you? am aware in that <laughs> equation. <laughs> okay. You can have five of yours. It can be, this is Marta, Gabriela, Aniela and Anna Blanca. <laughs> and then you have five. <laughs> yes, I said it. Blanca, my uh, name from the confirmation, which was a choice I do not understand at this particular time in my life. Welcome, everyone, to You've Got Five Options. This is... Marta and Anna, Anna and Marta, with a lot of different additional names. And we are live on air, we assume. Dennis is confirming. Dennis, our wonderful technician, is here, ready to rock it with us. And uh, believe it or not, guys, we are coming back to a topic that we have promised you once back in April to come back to. And here it is. Today, we are going to talk about two remaining challenges that our fellow humans and us are facing in times of coronavirus pandemic. And that will be something about running your business in a new normal and community building. So uh, heavy topics, heavy not because they are heavy for heart, but heavy because there is a lot of information that we could give you here and probably we will be squeezed by ruthless 60 minutes that we have on air today. So uh, probably we will start a couple of things and then we will continue if there will be an interest in other shows. Uh, as I mentioned, we are live on air so you can interact with us in a real time. How good we are not dead on air. That would be stinky. <laughs> Oh my God! Yes, I really imagine. I really imagine now a poor person in not poor, like a unfortunate person somewhere in Aarhus driving a car from work, tuning in and hearing about that on. <laughs> yes, for you, uh, my warmest uh, greetings. So, but we are live on air. In a real time. This means you can interact with us in a real time. And to do so, you can choose two venues. Number one is to go on our website, the5options.com, five as a number, and send us a message through. Uh, through the website. The other one is to go on Facebook and uh, enter our fan page. You've got five options. And then there is, of course, the messenger uh, button and you can send us a message. And now I can see Marta is opening all of those uh, digital channels and she's ready to receive your messages. So if you have any comment, question, opinion or even an insult, why not? Send it and we will read it live on air. Uh, to be absolutely honest with you guys, I have uh, informed some of our listeners today that we will be discussing the small business um, and how to keep it alive in times of pandemic and that we will be discussing uh, local community building. And I asked for questions uh, in advance and I think we actually got four questions from the same person, Andrea. And uh, we will try to address some of them today, right, Marta? I do believe so. You do believe so? Oh, that sounded so serious, yet full of conviction. So um, I think the, uh, the issue with written questions is that we, of course, can interpret them in many different ways. So and we will make sure to interpret them in wrongly. In five wrong ways. 
So, Andrea, if we did not understand them correctly, then you are welcome to um, to to correct us. You are welcome to correct us. Wow, I am. Or provide context. Exactly to provide context because, Marta, you uh, do you have our messenger opened? Yes, I do. And I think you can help me with uh, with quoting the questions from Andrea because she asked us about. What did she ask us about? The, the question, well, she wrote this. Hi there. I read your post about discussing about community building in general and running a small business in particular. Sounds so useful and lovely. <laughs> as questions I thought of. Number one, how do you start a new in a foreign country? Mm-hmm. And here, of course, how do you start a new uh, community building or how do you start a new business? That's a little bit like kind of uh, what we are not 100% sure about. So if you are listening to us, Andrea, please go ahead and provide that. Mm-hmm. Did you encounter cultural, social differences from your home country? Again, in community building, in business in general. Mm-hmm. Um how should we approach people best in this culture and city or who's without seeming desperate, superficial or out of place? Number four, do we have any relevant resources for starting a business or building a closer relationship to our community, local associations, NGOs, opportunities for internationals as well, legal resources or things that not many people know here, but they would need as to do checklist, I don't know. Uh, That's still uh, quoting. (laughs) It was not my answer. So, uh, Andrea, I don't know, and I don't know, and Marta, I don't know, and Dennis, do you know? Everything. Okay, so he knows everything. But uh, four interesting questions. So, I would say that with number one, how do you start a new in a foreign country? That depends on what you were asking for. Is it a business or is it a life or a community building? And I think within the business, we actually had a very good guests back in the past who were explaining uh, starting up uh, your own business in Denmark in particular. And that was Jan Rezek with his, uh, I think it was entrepreneurship one-on-one. Marta, if you can in the meantime find which episode was that, then we can uh, we can drop it here. Uh, I think those were very good episodes when Jan was actually explaining um, even f- even a little bit of a legal administrative matters. How, where can you go for help if you had quest- if you have questions here in Denmark? Um, if we talking about starting a new in a in a foreign country from a perspective of a community building. Um, then, or, or basically being integrated somehow in a, in a community, then we also had a fantastic interview with Anatoly about um, understanding Danish culture in general and how to actually get integrated and why it can be challenging for foreigners to integrate into a Danish uh, culture and society. So that is also a good point to start. And if we are talking about starting a new in a foreign country in general, then I think we also had a podcast. Oh my God, did we have a podcast about everything, Marta? No, not yet, luckily. However, talking about starting your own business here in Denmark, episode number 85 er, and 86, mm-hmm. Expat Entrepreneurship 101, five things you need to know before starting your own business with uh, Jan Rezek. Mm-hmm. Jan, if you're still listening to us ever, we miss you and we say hello. Yes. And then when it comes to understanding cultural background better here in Denmark, it's episode 140. Kalaha, universal basic income and why are expats the unhappiest in the happiest country in the world? Because we like clickbaity titles sometimes. Yes, we do. So that was also a very good, insightful one. I think uh, Anatoly even managed to surprise us with the things that he was saying. Um, So those are two things that we can propose. And I believe that we were also uh, having several podcasts where we were discussing how to start your life from scratch and how to uh, look at the bright side of the things 
And I believe that there was one program where I wasn't present. And I think, was it because I was in a hospital? You had it with a Polish psychologist, Basia. Ba Basia. Mm -hmm. She was uh, uh, giving uh, very, very good tips and very, very good advice on how to start getting integrated in a new country from a psychological and mindset perspective and uh, what is the psychological process behind it and what can help you. So, my God, we are covering a lot of... This sounds like an auto-promotion now when I realize it because my answer is please see this podcast and this podcast and this podcast. But I have to say th those are the resources we have so far. So, episode 68 and episode 69, mm -hmm. five tips that will help you to survive when starting your life from scratch with Basia Janisławska. Yes, and for those of you who are annoyed by my persona or my voice, I can give you an extra tip to listen to it because that was only Marta having that interview. So, this is Marta and Basia. Very good episode. Yes. So uh, if there is anything else within this question that we can help you with, Andrea, please let us know if we missed a context that you wanted to address. And then I think you were talking about if we have noticed any uh, differences, uh, cultural or uh, or whatsoever, be between our countries. We are both from Poland and, uh, and Denmark. I would say that in a context of community building, I will say one thing and... I have to be honest with you guys. I haven't lived for in Poland for years, so I am quite biased. But what I remember and what my opinion is so far is that in Denmark, it is actually easier to find and get integrated into the international community. Probably because in Poland, we don't really have that many expats. Ex expats. So... Um, I uh, am a member of several Facebook groups where international people gather. Uh, there is a group on Facebook that Marta actually is an admin of. I think it's Beyond Stereotypes. That's a group for both international and Danes where... Uh, what are you trying to do there, Marta? What are we trying to do is we are trying to educate people and build bridges between Danes and internationals mm -hmm. so that both groups can open uh, to each other more. As uh, one of those episodes where we had Anatoly uh, mentioned, uh, the internationals in Denmark are one of the unhappiest uh, of the world. There is like survey around it amongst internationals that said that in this country that often wins as the happiest country in the world, it also loses <laughs> when it comes to happy internationals. So internationals have been finding it extremely hard here to integrate. Mm -hmm. The country still like scores very high, for example, how international sees for example, educational system. So internationals are also scoring the country still high in some areas, but in the area of integration, in the area mm -hmm. of being able to feel here at home, uh, establish friendships and so on. Denmark is one at the very end from entire world. So this huge gap between the happiest country and the unhappiest uh, internationals, uh, we are trying to close it. You are trying to close yes. it. That, that sounds good to me. I am a member of this group. So far, I'm a silent mem member, the so-called stalker from the bushes who is observing the conversations. And it's not really active, but I will try to be active once I have more time. Uh, but that is a very interesting group because this is the first group where I can feel that the mission is to actually uh, build those bridges between the Danes and uh, internationals. There are people who are uh, posting uh, you know the hello message my name is da, 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 and I see that there is quite roughly the same amount of Danes and internationals so that's a that's a great um, great group to uh, to check out and to become a member of so of course there are differences but as I said from community building I have a feeling it's easier for me to find internationals here than if I would be international in Poland and trying to find internationals there. Maybe I'm wrong, but I I, I met a lot of people through, through international community here in Denmark. 
Yeah, and in Poland it is certainly easier to integrate into Polish communities. Yes. Uh, that I heard from many people who lived in Poland. They were very happy in uh, how people were open and how they were welcoming them. Some issues could be, though, on a uh, racist part, side of it, mm-hmm. where you could kind of like either meet a very beautiful open side of Poland and then the very uh, closed and racist part of Poland. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the two exist at the same time in mm-hmm. our beautiful country. Um, yeah, but it's some sort of like impotent racist because there is no one to be racist against. <laughs> no, it's it has uh, changed. There, there, yeah, there are people, but uh, Poland is still, I believe, a rather homogeneous country. Um, we, we do have minorities, but not to the extent of other Western European countries. For sure. And we are also not considered to be Western European. So. <laughs> no, basically, we are central. it is difficult to live in Poland where you're uh, not Polish and white, meaning that the racism that uh, appears in Poland is often the violent one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but racism is a big topic and let's park it because that's mm-hmm. another that's uh, that's a completely other story. Um, then there was a question of how should we approach people? Marta, help me because I'm... How should we approach people best in this culture and city without seeming desperate, superficial or out of place? And here again, I could interpret this question in many ways because do we mean approaching Danes or do we mean approaching internationals or do we mean both? And uh, is it approaching uh, to make friends, to build community or to actually try to sell your services? So, uh, Andrea, if you could give us a more specific angle to this question, then we would be happy to even make a program about it. This could be a whole challenge, actually, because I also uh, have noticed that uh, people are looking for new ways of selling their services because now everyone not everyone many people are using the same copy paste solution oh i have this stuff and and please check it out and it's all all over facebook and you know after some time you might be pretty much immune to it and like oh another commercial or another person trying to sell me something or another one of those so uh, i think this can um be directly linked to your uh, question about being superficial, because now I believe there is a certain challenge with trying to sell your service, um, even if you have a great mission or or a purpose behind it, you want to help people. But let's say you say, oh, I want to help people. I want to do this and this, and this is what I do. And if you want, please check out my website. And people have a feeling this is superficial because, okay, so you wrote all of that, so I will go on your website and buy stuff from you. So I this, this can be tricky thing. That's why I believe that uh, authenticity would be the best way to go. I actually am a big fan of coming back to the offline world when we can meet people, discuss with them and recommend stuff. Um, But uh, if you will give us more context to it or if you will actually describe it in a more uh, elaborate way, we would be gladly uh, solving this for you. Well, I know that there is one very specific way for a Danish country, which seems to be very recommended regardless of if we are talking about business, uh, just expanding your network, building community in any way. It is to have coffee meetings. Mm -hmm. That seems to be quite a specific thing for Denmark. Mm -hmm. I hear it a lot. And uh, LinkedIn is a place where people mention that a lot. So that in order, whether it is for starting to do your business, whether it is for looking for a job uh, or just building your network, uh, coffee meetings are the thing to go for right now. And there are some good uh, tips and tricks on that uh, from one of our guests uh, previously, uh, Greta Eluri. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is writing on LinkedIn some very, very good tips on how to approach such a meeting, mm-hmm. how to write to a person. 
and not to look superficial or needy or crazy? Yes. So I would say that that's something that we could uh, link to. Mm -hmm. uh, and as long as you uh, are also present on LinkedIn, you will be able to read that. Definitely. And uh, Marta, do you have your personal experience with a coffee meeting? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Can you share one? Because I don't and I don't because I was on maternity leave and I'm excused. Well, I have been approached. I'm actually quite regularly approached by people asking if I would like to have uh, coffee meetings with mm -hmm. them. And uh, usually I say yes. Mm -hmm. um, even when people are not very good at describing why they would like to go for that coffee meeting, if they are not so good, I ask them. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of have this welcoming approach. And uh, even if they did not, uh, you know, obey all the tips and tricks on how to approach someone <laughs> when you want to have a coffee meeting with them, uh, I uh, simply then ask, you know, what mm -hmm. would you like to talk about? What would be the purpose of the meeting or whatever? And I do meet with people and I have found it to be a really good way of I have actually started some nice friendships in this way. I have also uh, got some clients in this way mm -hmm. where uh, it, I, I don't even think that it's relevant who asked for the coffee meeting, if it was me asking or if someone asking me for mm -hmm. a coffee meeting, uh, you just click together. So the the tip <laughs> or the trick is not to go there with specific expectations like mm -hmm. I'm going there to sell something or I'm going there, you know, to get a client or something, but going there in order to meet a human being. Mm -hmm. And then if you are clicking together, different types of relationships for me came out of this. Some of them will be relevant to some things that you will be sharing later, Anna. Mm -hmm. I have established some great business in the form of barter, mm -hmm. where we exchange services between each other. Mm -hmm. So I found it to be a great way because I had a big network related to my previous job. Mm -hmm. I worked uh, at a big corporation for 10 years and uh, I've built a great network there. And when I was starting to have my own business, I needed to build a new network. And that I have found to be a really good way to to build it through. And now I'm approached quite often for other people who are including me in their network building. Mm -hmm. I, I think this is a really great uh, tip. Um, and I think that this is in my opinion, that should be the purpose of a social media. Uh, one of the purposes to take an online um, connection and make it offline. Uh, I, I think it's actually a fantastic way to utilize the because, you know, not all social media is bullshit. It does give you opportunities. Um, all you have to do is grab them. And I think this coffee meeting in Denmark became a some sort of a a part of a culture now. So it's not weird, it's not odd, it's not uh, dangerous. So yeah, a great, great tip, Marta. And I think the last question that Andrea has sent to us was about, in general, uh, community building. And we also were not sure about the context, but let's just leave it for the time being because we will jump into this topic very soon. And I think we will talk about how do we personally see community building here. And if someone would like to hear about legal aspects of more practical aspects of how to do it, please send us a message and we will definitely take upon this topic because that's actually something I would like to learn. Like, uh, are there any legal helps or administrative helps that I can use to build a community? I will be looking into that very soon myself. So coming back to the challenges, that we have for today. The first one was how to run your business in the new normal. And uh, I think we all know that there is a certain, um, I would say, challenge that we are having in these times. Uh, I'm not sure how serious it is right now. Of course, there was a period of a complete lockdown. Almost in Denmark, we never had a complete lockdown. But there was a period where all the small businesses had to be closed down unless they were operating online. And uh, that definitely was felt by many entrepreneurs who were not prepared or didn't have services that they can sell online. Um, now we are coming back to the normality of, of let's call it like this for, um, for a lack of a better word. Uh, 
But we have to be co conscious that, you know, uh, there are predictions over a second wave and possible lockdowns in the future. So it would be great to try to figure out or try to change our mindset a little bit and think about how can we operate our businesses in changed reality because the alternative is to shut it down and I really believe that the real economy whatever that might be is an economy that thrives on a small business small business uh, businesses are usually a hubs of people who are uh, creative want to do something for themselves and I think it's enriching society on many levels not only on a level of someone is independently independent financially but also it's there is a certain creativity uh, burst there there are new ways of doing things that come from uh, small individuals rather than big corporations so I see only benefits of having a thriving small business community um, and we have looked into this and we have two angles here. One angle would be how to run your business in the new normal and some tips for entrepreneurs. And the other angle would be uh, some tips for the supporters. So for people who actually would like to support small businesses and they might be confused on how to do it um, in those times. Yes, yes, we do. And we do. Uh, and we start with the tips for entrepreneurs. Yes, let's do that. OK, so um, I can give you my perspective on it as I am a small business owner. I own my own business where it's me and myself and I <laughs> who are in the business. <laughs> yes. So uh, basically what I have quickly noticed is that depending on different, you know, regulations in different countries, you could be more or less affected mm -hmm. by the lockdown. Mm -hmm. In Denmark, basically, at the beginning, uh, I was not allowed to run my business for the sake of uh, I was not allowed to meet people. Mm -hmm. And my business was uh, based on uh, running workshops. And that was completely forbidden. Like I could not run workshops. Places where I was running would be closed. The number of people that was allowed to meet, the distance that should be uh, kept. So that was basically a complete no-go. And then, of course, there could be something on one-on-one uh, -on -one sessions mm -hmm. where probably that would be kind of legal uh, to some degree, at least at some points of the lo lockdown. However, because I have my home office, I, I have an office at home and I have my kids there, that was not an option. Mm -hmm. So basically that was, there was only, or there was, there was one simple thing to do that was moving my business online. Mm -hmm. I am one of these people who have started my own business to actually meet people and to do it physically. I do believe that way too much life is happening online. So my business was actually based to a large degree on meeting with people personally, mm -hmm. having sessions uh, in person and having workshops in a physical space together. However, it was possible for me to move online. Uh, with uh, a vast majority of my clients, that was a good temporary solution. So moving what you do, uh, sometimes it's quite easy to move it. Uh, moving a workshop was not an easy thing. Moving one-on-one -on -one session was a relatively mm -hmm. easy thing to do. Uh, but you need to become creative. Mm -hmm. And basically entrepreneurship, when you are like entrepreneur, creativity is something that is one of uh, creativity, resourcefulness is a must have thing for you. Uh, another thing is if you're self-employed, that does not have to mean the same thing because you can be self-employed and you uh, want to be, for example, an artist who wants to paint and sell paintings. And it's not necessarily for you that you want to grasp opportunities and see where you need to take your business. You want to create uh, art and they can go together, but they don't have to. Mm -hmm. How, so that's the first recognition, I would say. Is it that you want your business, your state, your vocation <laughs> to survive? 
and try to be as creative as possible and uh, being open to opportunities? Or are you an entrepreneur, this person that can take many different ideas and bring them to life and have different startups and you are open to just grasping any sort of opportunity that is aligned with your value system and so on in these times and drive those? Uh, Because every crisis creates opportunities just like it creates, you know, uh, disruption, (laughs) disruption, uh, obstacles and so on. So I I was curious, how did that impact uh, business? And I found out that there are businesses that are really thriving Mm -hmm. in those times. So three examples of businesses that are thriving in the times of uh, pandemics. Number one, a great, great Uh, increase in sales is sex tech startups and sex toy companies. Number two, online dating apps and websites. So even though people, you know, in many different places should not have been meeting physically, online dating apps and websites, they have still increased Mm -hmm. and specialist marketing companies. So for some part of marketing, it has gone really down. Mm-hmm. And for some specialist marketing companies, it has really, um, it has really picked up. So that were three, uh, three areas where you could pick. If you're an entrepreneur, you can pick up <laughs> basically opportunity in one of those businesses and thrive, so and to speak. Yeah, I have a question uh, for you, Marta. Have you lost any clients? due to their changed economic situation because they were economically affected by the by the lockdown i have not per se lost any child uh, any clients what has happened there uh, half of my clients is a specific group of working people who have children Mm-hmm. those clients were unable to find the time to have sessions even online okay. because these were the people who stayed with full-time yeah. jobs and number of children whom they had to uh, also provide as a education. Yeah. <laughs> so this, these people, they just like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm incapable mm-hmm. of uh, surviving <laughs> yeah. uh, like through the amount of things that I need to put up with. Mm-hmm. But it was more like parking. Mm-hmm. Until the time when uh, lockdown uh, is, you know, freed up and kids mm-hmm. coming back to school, that meant that they would now start finding the time and slowly come back, uh, coming back to having sessions with me. What I definitely have noticed was a number of new clients uh, mm-hmm. drop down. So I was still able to find new clients because, as always, for someone, the economical situation will be much worse. They will not be able to afford certain services uh, or they will decide not to prioritize certain services. And other people, they will be like, hell, that's a health crisis. That's where I really need to get some help right now. Mm-hmm. And that's where that, that's what pushed them to actually uh, reach out for help. However, in a total number that has uh, dropped down for me, uh, that's what I can say. Yeah, I I have to say I do not have my own company yet because I'm preparing something. Uh, But um, my boyfriend, he's a recording studio and uh, all of his clients have called off the recording sessions uh, because, of course, you have to go physically to the studio to record the music. You, You cannot do it online. Well, you can have something online and uh, he can do the mixing of it or something. But also when the lockdown was getting a little bit loose and it was possible to meet, the his clients were like, hey, sorry, but I, I need to rethink it because, uh, you know, I don't know what my situation, financial situation would be. And I believe that this is because of the specificity of the group that he is serving or selling to, musicians. And musicians are now under very difficult circumstances because uh, I don't know if you know, but many, if not most of the musicians these days are supporting themselves from playing gigs. And if you have a limitation to 10 people now, currently is 50, it's very difficult to start to play gigs. And uh, that has also hit my boyfriend. You know, he he cannot play any concerts and he had... uh, at least five concerts a month. A month before that was a big chunk of our income. 
So if musician cannot get his income or money, he of course cannot spend that money on recording a song or, or a record. So I also think that some specific areas of small business were hit quite hard because of that, because of the specificity of the clients and their changing economical situation. Yeah, yeah. and that's where that's where kind like if you see yourself something like that happening, and I think many businesses have mm -hmm. seen themselves uh, in this situation, that's where you need to pivot. <laughs> yeah. That's where you need to become more creative, look for new opportunities, mm -hmm. look how you can find the clients that are still not affected, mm -hmm. uh, you know, financially, because there are still musicians who continue producing music and so on. Uh, there might be a limited number and so on. So it's certainly for sure about, you know, getting yourself out of that mindset that everything is failing. Uh, I cannot get clients now because mm -hmm. I, so, I saw myself in that place. Mm -hmm. Like who will want to pay now for sessions with me? People are worried if they will have uh, food <laughs> on, a if they, uh, on a table, if they will have, uh, you know, like they don't know if they will be able to go on vacation, you, you mm -hmm. know, like so many questions. And then I picked myself up and I said, Yes, I can see it this way. And yes, I can see my business failing. And yes, I can continue being there. Or I can choose to ask myself, uh, how can I help other people then? Mm -hmm. There are certainly going to be people who will be this way. And that's where I'm also like, uh, how can we do it in a different way? That's where I also mentioned that for some people, I do offer sessions in return for their service. Mm -hmm. So it's not uh, always money. Yeah, Money is energy and we can exchange services, just being really, really open uh, and so on. I just wanted to give you a couple of unexpected uh, businesses thriving in mm -hmm. those times, especially one uh, brought my attention. It's called Ukulele Mate. Okay. Yes, it's a small business, small family business mm -hmm. in regional Victoria, uh, where they have seen their sales spiking by 350%. Wow. Because of so many families uh, having bored kids at home. Mm -hmm. uh, suddenly people started to order a lot of ukuleles <laughs> and uh, he has Skype lessons with, uh, they can have Skype lessons with companies, ukulele uh, teacher online. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can also see that even small businesses, even unexpected businesses, like who would think that amid, you know, uh, coronavirus, world pandemic and so on, a ukulele <laughs> made yeah. business can be one uh, really thriving. Some uh, catering businesses mm -hmm. have uh, seen a big spike. Many restaurants also failed and needed to close their business. Some have actually found themselves uh, thriving in this time. And then, of course, like very specific to the business things like face masks. Face masks. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of people who have grasped that opportunity, started to create beautiful masks so that people can choose something that is also fashionable mm -hmm. and so on. So there was a lot of opportunity there. So basically that gave me looking at something like that, me as a business owner, me as someone who has seen a drop in sales and not knowing how it will look like, not knowing when will I be able to pick up my business, looking at there are still businesses thriving. There are still businesses uh, having 350 spikes in sales, small family yeah. <laughs> businesses. That gave me a great uh, hope mm -hmm. and uh, this ability to continue looking, continue yes. opening myself up, looking for new opportunities, looking for ways to pivot, looking to find different clients, different forms of exchanging mm -hmm. services and so on. Uh, I absolutely agree. Actually, within within the business of, of my boyfriend, uh, he has one service that is not necessarily directed towards musicians. It's directed towards absolutely everyone who is in need of recording a song for a special occasion. Because I, I had no idea that this is even a thing. Mm -hmm. 
But apparently there are some people who like to express their feelings through song. And uh, uh, my boyfriend was recording uh, songs with people who maybe don't even necessarily know how to sing. But it's a gift for a wedding or for a bachelor party. And they write their own lyrics to some kind of a track. And then, you know, they are being recorded in a more professional environment. Or, um, yeah, there was even, uh, I think, one person who was thinking about uh, proposing to a girl through a song, you know. So uh, this is something that we will definitely look into because that is a service. Sometimes you just need to record a song or want to do something funky, a different type of a thing. And that could be something to redirect your main service of targeting musicians towards actually targeting most of people. So I think that this is something we will definitely be, look, be looking into. Yeah, and I, I, I'm like, I'm so beautifully surprised. Like I have seen a photographer that we both know, mm-hmm. Olga, who actually yeah. did pictures for our previous version of the website. She started to do photography online. Yeah. She had clients where she was photographing people online. Yeah. Because through, through the, I mean, yeah. people can be amazing, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in finding ways uh, to thrive, survive, continue their passion, uh, you know, mm-hmm. even though there are so many restrictions. So I do believe that the way is working through your fears and allowing your creativity, openness to new opportunities in order to be able to make it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And uh, this is not a one-sided thing because now we are advising small businesses and entrepreneurs. There is also something that we, as people who would like to support small businesses and entrepreneurs can do. And I have read, uh, I have, um, yeah, read and prepared an article with 10 ways to support a small business. I will just mention because some of them are obvious and I'm pretty sure that many people have done that actually. So buying a gift card, gift card. So basically you buy from your small business because, uh, and you cannot, you know, execute it now, but you will buy the big gift, gift card for later or for someone else, right? Then, uh, of course, you know, restaurants were supported by um, buying food online as a takeaway. Uh, shop local online. And I think that this is something I will come back to in a moment. A tip like a boss. <laughs> Uh, keep paying the people who work for you. Well, I believe that this is something um, that also depends on your own economic situation. But if you, for instance, have some classes with someone, someone was teaching you, I don't know, music or was giving you some kind of a, a advanced mathematics because you were trying to get to university to become a NASA astronaut. That's a bit far of uh, example, but if you had some regular classes with classes with someone, uh, you can still support them and still keep on paying them, unless you cannot. But maybe you can just pay half of it, you know, if you can afford it, so they can survive. Because basically, if there are people who are teaching as a freelancers and they don't have classes, they basically have nothing to to thrive, thrive. Jesus, to eat. Uh, Then uh, also things like uh, schedule a service for later, which ties up with the gift card idea. So basically do the appointment in three months when the lockdown is uh, not there and you can actually meet with your uh, with your service provider provider provide a signal boost so things like recommendations uh, writing uh, recommendations either on uh, some professional sites or spreading a good word about the business that you like that you normally are too busy to do because you know it's a life happens but maybe just be a little bit mindful and and say, okay, actually, I like this person. She or he is doing a great job. I will try to spread the word. And uh, yeah, and say thanks, because psychologically, it's also important that small businesses are not forgotten. If you cannot do anything financially, you can even write a message. Listen, I... I thank you for everything, you know, that I bought for you or we did together. And whenever I will have money or I will feel secure financially enough, I will come back to you and and so on, because that's also important. I will come back to uh, shop local online um, 
because that will be something that uh, I think I will personally be working on. The problem with small businesses, uh, one person army or entrepreneurs, especially the ones that are starting, they might have a website even, but many times they only have a social presence on Instagram or on Facebook. And now I know that all of those platforms are, uh, I think, providing an option of selling through Facebook, selling through Instagram. It's a good idea to look into that because once we are in a situation when we cannot support local business by buying in person, I think many businesses have seen the obstacles of not having a channel to sell through. So for instance, I have a little, I don't know, shop where I sell whatever art, let's say, let's give this example. And I don't have an online shop because I have my little shop and people are coming in and buying and so on. And then once uh, lockdown comes, I have no outlet, I have no sales channel. So it's good to think in this moment to, 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 to look around and try to figure out how can I have a, even a backup online presence in case people won't be able to physically buy from me. And actually, I'm thinking personally about creating a, um, some sort of a catalog of small businesses and actually to allow them to present their products online. Because I have seen a couple of people who are doing really cool things online, but they are having such a small business for the time being that they don't have a, they, do, they don't even have a website, right? And you don't have to have your own website. It's, it's, it would be maybe good to have some sort of like a, like an online shop when everyone can show the products that are local. So that's something I personally think about to, to try to organize something of this kind. But for everyone who is listening, think about your online presence in case the times get rough and restricted again. Because uh, many times I think people would like to support you and buy from you, but if you don't have an online presence, it's very tough to, to do it because then someone has to call you and you have to show a catalog, but how can you show a catalog? Another thing is try to come up with gift cards. Come up with gift cards and have them ready, you know, and then when times get uh, cuckoo again, you can have that gift card because I think many small entrepreneurs woke up with a, uh, with a, with basically no way to sell their goods, even if they could. Does it make any sense? Yeah, of course. It's like a local Etsy. Something of the, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. I, I'm coming across uh, something similar for several different uh, initiatives. And absolutely, if you are here in Denmark, uh, want to support local business, uh, Anna has created a group yes. uh, that we've mentioned before. This year, I buy from small business. Say what? Say what? So... Look for the group on Facebook. This year I buy from small business and then you will be able to uh, either uh, post about your business or be a supporter, meaning mm -hmm. a person that chooses to buy from small business mm -hmm. rather than buying from uh, a big business. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and let's support each other. Let's start buying from each other. Uh, let's start supporting small businesses because you make someone happy every Definitely. time you buy from a small business someone is making a happy dance there yes. on the other side and that's probably not always the case in big corporations and <laughs> um, i i don't believe so i was there for for some time but uh, exactly this is a point and i also uh, the purpose of this group uh, this year i buy from a small business say what uh, was also to activate the small businesses themselves to start to buy from each other. Because if we have a, if we have a place where we have a lot of entrepreneurs who are trying to sell, but they are not willing to buy from each other, I believe what we are missing on is a culture when we start to learn to buy from each other. So as an entrepreneur, uh, my expectation towards the world is that people will decide to buy from me because I'm a small business. But am I giving the same 
um, gift to others? Am I having the same attitude that, yeah, buy from me, but I will go to Amazon and buy shit or whatever. You know, we have to make it a two-way street. And that's one of the purposes of this group. Um, so basically, I think we have every day that there is a new members coming in, joining it in, which makes my uh, heart uh, bigger and, and um, happier every day. And you can definitely promote your own business. Or if you are looking for something, you know, oh, I wish I would know how to buy a, a toy for my child from some local uh, toy maker. You know, some people make dolls, some people make puzzles. Check it out because there are actually things there of this kind. You can actually find a person who is making dolls. You can find a guy who is making uh, 3D puzzles and some kind of things like this for children. And they are self-employed one-person companies. And then I think it's also more special because someone is doing this especially for your kid. So uh, that would be my, uh, my ending thought here. And uh, we have 10 more minutes and we are jumping into independent community building. And here I had a couple of ideas, but first of all, uh, I would like to say that independent or local community building, in my opinion, is extremely important in those times because we have already felt uh, quite um, strongly the fact that we cannot travel um, much, let's say much. So we uh, we are now being uh, in a in the stage of of the world history where our traveling abilities are being uh, limited. And it is perceived by many people as a bad thing, but it can be a great thing as well because then you can turn into your own community and see what you can do within your community as I believe that it's very important to have an online presence and a global reach, I also believe that it is very important to build those local ties with others. And uh, the group that I have mentioned just a moment ago is supposed to build a community of people who either have small business or want to buy from a small business. And that's one example of how you can build a community. Of course, the group is not limited to people from Denmark. We actually have people from many countries, but the group itself has a specific, I believe I want to put a specific culture and a specific mission. And that's why I think it's um, it has some sort of, let's say, like a more local uh, vibe to it. Um, other thing about building uh, local communities is something that I'm very interested in and I wonder if you've heard about it. It's about what Marta mentioned, barter, meaning exchanging services instead of using the traditional money to pay uh, and also creating an alternative local currency. Uh, I don't know if you heard about it, about um, local currencies. I've heard something, but not like uh, in a lot of detail. Denise? No. no, you didn't. No. Okay. So I'm not sure if you know, but there is at least 300 local currencies currently in the world, at least the ones that are registered to be a local currency. And the local currencies are um, money that are created by a local community and are used within that community only. It is not a replacement to a traditional monetary system, it is a, a accompanying currency. Complementary. Complementary. Yeah. Thank you very much, Marta. Complementary um, currency. And there is plenty of benefits of using a currency of this kind because, first of all, the money are being contained within the community. So basically, uh, you don't, you, you support your local place right people buy from each other using the same uh, the same currency local currency so everyone is um, 
containing the world in one place, right? Uh, they also um, build the sense of community and the sense of trust because you have the same thing that signifies your belonging to that community. There are actually 10 different uh, benefits of having a local uh, local currency, but I will tell you how it, uh, how it works a little bit. And if someone is interested, uh, we can explore this topic later. So I remember that I read about local currency in one of the American small little towns. And the ba basically the signifier was that a banknote that was created by a local artist was signifying, let's say, half an hour or an hour of work. So if you were paying with that to someone, that person could execute half an hour or an hour. That depends on the, you know, the number of because we have like, you know, 100 kronas, 200 kronas, or $100, $200, you had also different um, values of those banknotes. So then if there is an agreement within the community, and I come to, let's say, Dennis with a, with a note of um, three, it means that I can execute from you three hours of your work, and uh, you are okay with that because you have also used that to execute from someone else. So basically there has to be a certain agreement on what this means, what are the value of those notes, and then people can exchange those notes and exchange the, the work. So basically it's more like a notes that are representing the, the barter, the exchange of services. I found it as an extremely interesting concept. Unfortunately, they are still uh, going under taxes. So if you have a registered local currency, you still have to pay taxes from it as this is a sort of an income that you are getting. But this motivates people to buy from each other and also uh, gives uh, an expected marketing uh, benefit because you start to learn from who or where can you pay to which places to which persons can you play with that specific local currency and you learn about new businesses or entrepreneurs around you because you have a catalog of where can you use it. And I found this particular usage and this partif particular value of, you know, this means that someone can work for me for an hour, let's say, extremely interesting and very creative. Um, so that's one of the things that, uh, that came to my mind. What do you think about this? Well, I I think it might support uh, the exchange, the local exchange. Mm -hmm. But you could do it since it's also taxed. You could do it with local money. You, you could do it with normal currency, just mm -hmm. uh, just like kind of committing to it that you are doing yes. it locally, right? Yes, that's that's definitely true. However, I think that uh, it also have a deep psychological effect. And uh, it's like, you know, we all use uh, symbols in our lives, uh, sigils, uh, and all kind of signifiers of certain things. And this also have, a, you know, a signifying thing. Uh, and it's very clear that you cannot, you know, you cannot just use it somewhere else because this is the local currency and people outside, they don't know it or they cannot uh, use it. I don't think it's alienating because probably you can, of course, going into the community, obtain it as well. But I find it as a very interesting idea. And I, I saw, for instance, one of the most famous ones is a, a Brixton pound, which is used in the city of Brixton in United uh, Kingdom. And they, for instance, have a really cool, beautiful uh, notes like there is David Bowie on uh, on on some banknotes and some artists. So you don't have some weird politicians that you maybe not necessarily like. You have some kind of local people, you know, or local symbols. So I, I think this is a very interesting idea. It does sound interesting. Yes. So that would be one of my uh, my uh, bricks to the local community building. First of all, trying to find people that are thinking align and maybe starting online for the beginning, considering some sort of a local exchange of value, like for instance, Marta said barter, or maybe even coming up with a project to implement a local currency. And other things that I, I would say, supporting independent people, for instance, independent journalists, 
Um, I support quite a number of independent journalists, which are having quite tough time these times. So uh, basically trying to look more into a person than into a system. I don't know if this makes much sense for everyone, but if it doesn't, you are most welcome to contact us and we can explain it even better. Right, Marta? Yes, we can, especially that our program is about to finish now, like really finishing now. <laughs> yes, like you can hear our uh, outro. But if now. you're interested, let us know and we shall explore. We shall explore. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend, guys. Bye-bye. Send us your life challenge. Or just to see how do we really look like, visit our website, the5options.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you will come for more. That's all, folks.